0: Hallelujah. Glory be to God. I want to welcome every mama this morning. We, listen, we, we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for a mama. So would you give mamas all a hand? Come on. Give every mother a hand. Hallelujah. Mothers, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you for not. Uh, making a decision to abort. I said we thank you, Mama Ross. I am the eldest of 11. And I really, really thank you for making the decision not to abort any of them. Thank you, Mom. Thank you. All of my siblings are saved. I've got one, my sister Ruth, that is already sitting in heaven. She passed uh, in 2014, about seven days after singing me happy birthday on March 3rd. Uh, she suddenly took a knock, turned in the other direction, and passed on March 10th. But All of us, every single one of us, are saved. Am I right, mom? That is about as rare in the US today as finding what they call it, a hen's tooth. That a family that has everyone in that family committed to Jesus. And even more astounding is to have everybody. I did not say everyone perfect. I did not say everyone doing things right all the time. I said everyone has given their heart to Jesus in our family. I said that to someone, and uh, they challenged me to think about What caused that result? What caused that uncommon result? And I thought about it for a long time, and then it dawned on me that I am the product of a marriage, and more pointedly today, a mama, that made some resolutions, some commitments to God that most Christian women today have not been willing or even thought about making to God and therefore they have not received the kind of radical help from God that my own mama received. One of the things is that at a very tender age, I don't remember what age it was, but I know that it was very young that in our morning devotions, particularly on the weekend, on Saturday mornings as a family, my mom at some point would be telling us the story of Joseph or the story of Goliath or the story of some, some biblical textual story that would cause her to cry become emotional it was always about the goodness of God and then somewhere in there she would find the moment to say I love every one of you I would give my life for every one of you well Maybe not while I was behaving like the black sheep, but I think I've changed a lot since then. But she would say to us, guys, I made an oath to God. I made a deal with God. I said, God, if you know that any one of my four, any one of my five, any one of my six, and the numbers keep growing until we got to 11, any one of my 11 that you see in the future, before they reach teenage blossom, you know That they will turn their hearts from you and walk away from their faith, I challenge you God to take them back before then. Whether it's by accident, heart attack, it don't matter how you do it, but if you see that when they become fully accountable they will turn their backs on you, take them young. I believe it is that one firm, solid rock resolution in her life that caused God to react radically, to pull us in by whatever means necessary. Before I get into the rest of our sermon today, I want to challenge every mother that has some unsaved kids out there. Got to put your notice. If you make these kind of resolutions that I'm telling you, you they may come to Jesus they their dying bed they may come to Jesus right after a severe car accident where they lose one or both legs but their soul will be saved because of your radical faith My text this morning is coming from the book of Ruth. And if you will follow me reading from verse 1 all the way through to verse 17. And just in passing, uh, would you... Make sure that everyone has the date, the 23rd of this month. It's gonna be a really, really important Sunday for every member and every person that God has directed here to be a part of this church. As my dad before me said, son, live right, walk right, preach the truth, be transparent, and let the chips fall where they may. That some people will be here for a season, and some people I'm sending for the reason or for the vision. Some people are going to be there for the long term, And some people are just supposed to be with you for a short term. Either way, you've got to be happy for everybody. And you've got to love transparently. And I've taken that to heart. But on the 23rd, we will have a service from 10.30 to one hour. Then from 11.40 to about 12.15, we will go over our church's complete restructuring we call it the reset and relaunch of our church. Immediately after that, uh, we will have lunch provided by the church. Uh, They will all be boxed, so you can either sit and eat in fellowship, or you can pick up a box and you can leave with it. That's the 23rd of this month. Okay. Chapter 1, verse 1. Now, it came to pass in the days when the judges ruled that there was a famine. I want you to take note of that in the land. And a certain man of Bethlehem, Judah, went to dwell in the country of Moab. And his wife and his two sons... Now they took wives, ah, verse 2. The names, the name of the man was Elimelech. The name of his wife was Naomi. The names of his two sons were Maelon and Chilion, Euphrates of Bethlehem, Judah. And they went to the country of Moab and remained there. Then Elimelech and Naomi's husband died. And she was left and her two sons. And now they took wives of the women of Moab. The name of one was Orpha. The name of the other was Ruth. They dwelt there about 10 years. Then Malon and Chilion also died. So the woman survived her two sons and her husband. Verse 6. Then she arose with her daughters-in-law, that she might return from the country of Moab. For she had heard in the country of Moab, she had heard in the country of Moab that the Lord had visited his people by giving them bread. Therefore she went out from the place where she was, and her two daughters-in-law with her, and they went On the way to return to the land of Judah. And Naomi said to her two daughters in law, Go, return each of you to her mother's house. The Lord dealt kindly with you as you have dealt with the dead and with me. The Lord grant that you may find rest, each in the house of her husband. So she kissed them and they lifted up their voices and wept. And they said to her, surely we will return with you to your people. But Naomi said, turn back, my daughters. Why will you go with me? Are they still sons in my own womb that they may be your husbands? Turn back, my daughters, and go, for I am too old to have a husband. If I should say I have hope, If I should have a husband tonight and should also bear sons, would you wait for them until they were grown? Would you restrain yourself from having husbands? No, my daughters, for it grieves me very much for your sakes that the hand of the Lord has gone out against me. Then they lifted up their voices and wept again. And Orphan kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clung to her and she said look your sister-in-law is gone back to her people and to her gods take note of that please back to her people and to her gods return after your own sister-in-law verse 16 but Ruth said entreat me not to leave you or to turn back from following after you, for wherever you go, I will go. And wherever you lodge, I will lodge. And your people shall be my people. And your God, my God, where you die, I will die. And there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me and more if anything but death parts you in me. When she saw that she was determined to go with her, she stopped speaking to her. God's word is blessed. God's word is blessed. Father, I thank you for blessing the hearts right now. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Today, on Mother's Day 2021, I stand not only to celebrate the Herculean jobs of all mothers, those of you who are watching me online, and those of you who are sitting in our congregation, but also to publicly identify you again as an angel in disguise. It is not rhetoric. I'm using the example and the experience of my own mother while understanding that some of you may not have had the same experiences with your mom. But for all that happened, you can glory in the fact that she kept you. She did not abort you. You and I got a chance. And for that I do I do publicly identify each of you mothers as angels in disguise. Many of you have performed under duress in the last two years. Having to watch and pray as our country has lost over 500,000 souls to the pandemic. And even worse, more than 50% of them, those that were lost, have been sons and fathers. And yet, you're here. You've made it by the grace of God. Thank you, Jesus. Some of the battles are still waging. But the truth be told, you've also seen your own big victories, victories in health, victories in financial sustenance, when you lost a loved one that was the breadwinner, when you have gone through heartache, I read one article about five months ago of a family where mama lost her husband. Then she lost her son, who had just gotten a full scholarship as, I believe, the number three or four uh, defensive lineman in the nation. Then she lost another son who was in college and about to graduate. And when it was all over, she was the only one left standing. And the article kind of brushed over it, but they had to repeat her words exactly. Though in short, they had to say it. And these were her words only God is helping me. Only God is helping me. Is there a mama here that can look over your life and say, only God has been helping me. Only God has been sustaining me if it had not been for his goodness and his grace, I would have fallen apart. I would have given up. I would have given up. You have had your own victories that came only because you learned how to wait and endure, how to trust God no matter what. Oh, Lord Jesus, you've learned how to wait in supplication and you've learned how to cry out to God. There are three simple truths that I want to pull from our text this morning. For every mom here that I would like to take you to take with you on this Mother's Day 2021. The first, find a sisterhood that brings out the God in you. We've been isolated over the last several, two years at least, from church. And even without knowing, quite often, our politicians, blue or red, have found themselves working against the church. Some of them knew they were, and others didn't. When they knew you had to go to the grocery store, they knew you had to stand in lines, most of the time, closer than six feet. They knew that churches had done what we are doing with our pews and had put marks on the pews so that you would literally follow the guidelines. They knew that churches had mandated that everyone wear a mask. At the same time, the grocery store wasn't doing that. They knew that Restaurants and grocery stores did not have a HEPA ionic filter in the sanctuary that ionized the ear and killed viruses within a 1,000 foot radius of the machines. They knew the churches had these things. And yet, they found themselves saying on national TV, Churches have become one of the, what they call it, spreaders? Super spreaders of this organism. Now you and I know that that's not true. We can't be a super spreader over grocery stores. We can't be super spreaders over all of the intermingling that we've been doing. When churches have been trying to do the best that they could to protect not just the members, but themselves from liability. And yet they found themselves saying, stay away from church. I believe that somehow the adversary had something to do with all of that finagling that created a blindness that sounded rational, but when you look at the truth and you examine the facts, you realize that folks might have been much better congregating in their churches than in all the other places that they were visiting. And yet, we were hearing, stay away from church. So I understand, mothers, You've had a period of isolation. You've been through a period where all you could do is connect on the phone with your girlfriends and talk on the phone with your kids. And grandmas couldn't see grandchildren, and mothers couldn't see daughters and sons. Now God is bringing us some relief through the vaccines. And I'm admonishing each of you, not just everyone, but particularly mothers, to find, find a sisterhood that brings out the God in you. Ruth and her husband travel from where they are because there's a famine there. And shortly after, within 10 years, of moving from where the famine is to a place where they could possibly find food, her sons and her husband dies. And now she's left all alone And she says to her daughter-in-laws, why don't you all pack up and go back? Why don't you go back, Naomi says. Go back to your family. Go back to where you came from. And specifically, go back to the gods you used to serve. Did you, did you hear me read that? Go back to... So these young women came into a, a Yahweh family. Yahweh God is one God kind of family. But they had come out of families that were heathenistic. They came out of families that did not serve Yahweh. And when the husbands died, when the sons died, Naomi says to her daughter-in-laws, go on back. Go on back to your mamas. Go on back to your religious practices. Go on back to doing what you used to do. You don't have to come with me anymore. And one of them says, okay. She cries and hugs her mama, mother-in-law, and she goes back. But the other one, Ruth, says something in me, hallelujah, is telling me don't go back to my old way. Don't go back to that way. Don't go back to my own religious practices. Don't go back to to all of the things that I did before I met you. I have watched you. I have examined your life. In these 10 years, while I've been married to your son. And my decision is, I am not going back to that. It says, in verse 16 of Ruth, entreat me not to leave you or to turn back from following after you. For war, for wherever you go, I will go. And wherever you lodge, I will lodge. Your people will be my people, and your God, my God. Let me tell you, we're going to understand in a little bit what that means. We don't hear anything historically, about what happened to the daughter-in-law that went back. Maybe it's because that going back to anything is normally not a good thing. My dad said to me once, and I'm sure he got this from someone else. He said, son, you cannot walk backwards into the future. You cannot walk backwards into the future. The future is this away, and the past is that away. Paul said, It is not like I have achieved everything in God that I could achieve, but this one thing I know forgetting those things that are behind me and examining and seeing what is in front of me, I have made a decision to press towards the mark. I'm making a decision to press forward. I'm making a decision not to go back, not to think backwards, not to rehash the past, but to go forward in Jesus' name. Can I admonish every mama here, every woman here, that as we are coming out of the pandemic, find your sisterhood. Find your sisterhood. If you have been a long time mom, you're accustomed being home, you have become even more a homebody, your routine has been taking care of the kids, cooking for your husband, doing all the housework, making sure the curtains are fine. But I'm telling you, you need your sisterhood. I don't care if it's a bi-weekly prayer group. I don't care if you just sit down together over coffee and you talk about how you made it over, and I don't know what the conversations will be. But if you are God's child, if you are a believer, at some point in those conversations, God will come up. And whenever God enters the situation, nothing but good will come out of it. So I say again, mamas, ladies, find your sisterhood. Ruth found her sisterhood. She decided I'm not going back. Yeah, my sister-in-law went back, and we don't know what happened to her, but I'm not going back. I'm sticking with you. I'm sticking with you. I've seen something in you that I will refuse to let go of. Are they women? Are they other women, mamas? Are they, are they daughters? Are they nieces? Are they other ladies around you that are looking at your life and saying, because of you, I'm not going back. Because of you, I'm going to stand firm. Because of you, I think I'm going to press in harder to Jesus. I admonish you this morning to be that woman, to be that mother, to be that wife. The person who causes others to say, I am not going to do anything else but follow your track. Because your track seems to be the best track that I have seen. I look at you and I look at my past. I look at you and I look at my past and all I could see is the goodness of God shining on you. Hallelujah, glory be to God. I look at my friends in the past and I look at you. I look at my other buddies and I look at you. I look at all these folk over here that I drunk with, that I gossip with, that I hung out with, and then I look at you and all I can say is you look good. I wanna know who you are serving. We took a, my niece got married the other day, and my younger son escorted his grandma down the aisle. And uh, somehow they took a picture of just the two of them, Dave and Mama Ross, and posted it on the internet. And I'm telling you guys, I, I, I was just astonished looking at my mom and my son and knowing that she's only 16. Now, knowing that she's the age that she is, let's just leave it there. My mom is going to be 79. I stood there and looked at that picture over and over again. I could not believe. I still can't believe. 79, 11 kids, a husband that has not been with you. He's in eternity since 2013, and you still manage to keep the joy of the Lord. I wanna be like you. I wanna be like you, mom. There's something about serving Jesus on a long-term basis. See, folks can't see the difference in the short term. But give them 15 years, Give, give it 20 years. Give it 25 years and then go back to the high school reunion. I've heard it over and over and over again. If you are a young woman or a young man this morning, you might be thinking that it is not that important to make Jesus the center of your life. And I understand. I understand because you can't see into your own future. But I can tell you, I can tell you, I've heard the stories over and over and over again of folks who decided when the crowd was going that way, they were going to go this way with God. And somewhere along the line, and their 20th family re- uh, high school reunion, they decided to show up. And they just sat there in astonishment because of how good God kept them. Number two, number two, and I'm going to be very quick, very quick, it's 12. Make your own resolutions to hang on to Jesus for dear life. Make your own resolution. This young lady Ruth was being told by her, her mother-in-law, go on back. My sons are dead. I'm old. There's no more babies coming out of me. And even if I did, you're not going to wait until they grow up. Go on back. But they She did not make a decision just on the person. I want you to hear this. The people who are going to be touched by your life are not making a decision just on how you look. They're not going to make a decision just on what you say. They're not just making a decision on how you live your life. They are making a decision about the God that they see in you. She knew that there was a God that was different from the one she came from in her family line. And she said, wherever you go, I'm going. As a matter of fact, I'm making my own resolution. Today, your God is my God. Is there somebody that is, that is just longing, longing, longing for the moment when your niece or your daughter or your next door neighbor or your long time high school friend comes to you over coffee and says I see what your God has done for you I see how your God has brought you through I see how your God has helped you time and time again listen right now I'm making a decision leave me in the sinner's prayer because as of this moment your God is my God your God is my God Your God is my God. Your God is my God. Your Holy Ghost is my Holy Ghost. (laughs) Oh, bless God. Your your worship is my worship. Oh, bless the name of the Lord. It says that again, verse 14 is really where the first one came from, the first uh, point. Find your sisterhood, verse 14 said of the chapter. Then they lifted up their voices and wept again. And Orpha kissed her mother in law, but Ruth clanged to her. She had found her sisterhood in Naomi. Find your sisterhood. Number two, make your own resolution, double down on your own faith, pray. Ask God to make you the mother that you need to be, not just for you, not just for you, but for the people that are looking at you. We are encamped all around in the unseen with what the Bible calls it, a great cloud of witnesses. There are people that are looking at you that don't even understand why they're looking at you but it's God redirecting their gaze, redirecting their gaze so that something will spark about the goodness of Jesus and they will come to a deeper understanding. Mama, I say again, I say again, you've come too far to look back. 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 back. Number Number three, Watch for your harvest, watch for your harvest. Many of you have been holding on, holding on in the midst of the pandemic, holding on while the pandemic has come and it looks like the vaccines are being given out and everybody, we we can get your vaccination. I got mine and I'm not wearing my mask as much and it feels good to breathe. But I want you to understand that for every bit of sacrifice you make, putting God as number one, your harvest is coming. Your harvest is coming. I want you very quickly, and this is it. This is the last point. This is the last point. Look at verses 22. Look at verses 22. So Naomi returned, and Ruth the Moabite, her daughter-in-law with her, who returned from the country of Moab. Now they came to Bethlehem at the beginning of the barley seed harvest, that she stayed with her mama-in-law long enough to come out of famine into what? Harvest. We don't know what happened to Orpha, her sister-in-law. We don't know what happened to her, but we know one thing. Ruth came out with her mama out of famine. And because she established sisterhood, because she made her own resolution about God being her God, she is now walking into harvest. I'm telling you, there's a harvest that God wants to break forth in your life. You have not seen it yet. You have not grasped the full extent of the harvest. But I tell you, I'm telling you, I wish I could call my mama up here this morning and have her testify about the harvest, about the harvest. There is harvest that God is going to release. You might be 60 or 70 and you're saying to yourself, I haven't seen my harvest yet. That's not true. That's not true. I said on Power Up the other day that quite often, oh, this is gonna get some, this is gonna fire someone up. Sometimes, see, at the the adversary, Satan comes to what? Kill, steal, and destroy. Right? Right? uh, That's his job. To kill, steal, and destroy. Quite often, we don't realize it. When we go through a difficulty, or we go through a delay, or we go through a dead end, we look at these things and we forget that all of those things are temporary, that God through allowing you to get into a spot of delay. God allowing you to stand for a while in a place of difficulty. God allowing you, like Joseph, to be put in, a, in your own cistern of life, where all you could see is the light coming from above. That even in those places, you are experiencing Deliverance, because what the adversary wanted was to destroy you. Oh my, somebody's got to get this. That many, many times while you were going through a delay, what the devil really wanted was to destroy you. When you were going through a difficulty, what he really had planned was to have you die in an accident. When you are going through a dead end and you are completely frustrated and you're crying, when will this end? What he really wanted was someone to hit you in a random drive-by and you lose your life. Everything that you and I go through is a place of deliverance if you understand that what the devil wanted to do was destroy you. Oh, my goodness. My goodness, my goodness. My goodness, you've come too far. Mamas, you've come too far. You've come too far to let go. You've come too far to turn around. You've come too far to bring your guards down. You've come too far. There's a multitude of witnesses looking at you. And they need to see the God in you. They need to see you pressing on and pressing in until, until you get to the harvest. You get to the harvest. As we close, I want you, if you can, uh, would you bring up chapter 2 and verse 11? And we're going to end there. We're going to end there. It says, and Boaz answered and said to her. This is Boaz. This is a guy that God sent in his his awesome ability to match things up. It says, "And, and Boaz answered and said to her. To her who? To her Ruth. It has been fully reported to me. This is Mr. Millionaire right now. This is Mr. Moneybags. This is is the guy who is going to bring her out. He's going to become her kinsman redeemer. And he runs into her at a place that he could never see her if she had turned back. She runs into harvest because she stayed around. God opened the door to harvest. But then beyond that, he connects her to money bags. He connects her to resource. He connects her to intimacy. He connects her to everything that she always wanted that she thought she could completely lost. My god. It has been reported to me all that you have done to your what? To your mother-in-law. The same mother-in-law that says, go on back. My sons are dead. Go on back. You don't have to stay with me. Go on back. But she made a decision that said, your God is going to be my God. Wherever you go, I'm going to go. I see the God in you, and I am not turning back. Whatever you got, I want it. And because of that, she runs into her kinsman redeemer. All that you have done to your mother-in-law, for your mother-in-law, since the death of your husband and how you have left your father and your mother and the land of your birth and have come to a people whom you did not know before. It sounds like God speaking there because you were willing to stop looking back and to focus on what is ahead I'm gonna bless you, hallelujah. I'm gonna bless you, I'm gonna bless you. Would you bow your heads with me? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. If you're mom, you're looking at us online, you have never trusted God, or you did, you were a believer before, and you've kinda gotten slack with your faith. You've backslidden, you've slid back a little. And you, through this message, are seeing the importance of putting God at the forefront of your life again. You're in this auditorium, and you have been captivated by the ups and downs of life. And you're just needing a place to find a place in God where you can grow again. Can I introduce you to Jesus? Can I introduce you to Jesus? Would you say with me as we get ready to close? Dear Father, I come to you not knowing what's good for myself. I don't know the future, but you know the future. I don't know how to succeed, but you do. This morning, I come to you asking forgiveness, asking you to wash me with the blood of Jesus from the crown of my hand to the sole of my feet and bring me into salvation. I thank you for forgiving my sin and healing me of all iniquity. In Jesus' name, Amen. Hallelujah. Would you stand with me, please? Thank you, Jesus. 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 If you go out and eat and fellowship today, may God touch you in a mighty way. May every mother that is here, every mom listening the thousands that we've had on our streaming network, may you find God in such a deep way that you cry in your car when you're alone, that you find a place, a closet, where you can meet God and see him work in and through your life. Father, we lift our hands and we say thank you Thank you for life. Thank you for health. Thank you for bringing us to this Mother's Day that we can celebrate again. Thank you for your goodness that is continually passing before us. Open our eyes to see beyond the veil, to see the things that you have done that we had no idea. To see the the blessings that you gave us that we had no clue. You have been that good to us so that we can praise you and worship you and thank you for your grace in our lives. Father, cover your people as we go. Watch over. Bring us back to Wednesday night Bible study and to power up every morning at 6. Let your glory shine upon us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Would you give God a hand, please? Hallelujah. Giving is one of our greatest tools in worship. Would you give with us on today in your worship? You can give online at theassemblyfluence.org. Navigate to the top right corner. If you're on a desktop, click the Give Now button. If you're on a mobile device, tablet, smartphone, click the three horizontal lines in the top right corner of the screen and click the Give Now button. Both of those Give Now buttons will take you to our online giving platform. You can also text to give by texting the number 77977 that says SC Assembly Give, and that's all one word. You'll receive step by step instructions on how to give via text. Lastly, you can give by mailing in check or money order to The Assembly at 2925 West Palmetto Street, Florence, South Carolina, 29501. Help us to advance the kingdom of God all around the world.